This episode of Stick Like Glue Radio is brought to you by Jim Palmer's Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. Now is the time to create your dream business, and Jim Palmer is the perfect business coach to help you get that done. Jim offers three different coaching programs, and as a member of his mastermind group, you'll also benefit from the advice, wisdom, and inspiration of other successful entrepreneurs. This is a group of action takers, so if you're tired of slow to no growth and are ready to finally grow your dream business, go to www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. Hey, friends, this is James Malinchak, featured on ABC's hit TV show, Secret Millionaire, and founder of BigMoneySpeaker.com, and you are listening to my good friend, Jim Palmer, on Stick Like Glue Radio. Welcome to Jim Palmer's Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert, author, speaker, and an in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim is the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show based on Jim's smart marketing and business building advice. Check it out at www.newsletterguru.tv. And now, please welcome the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, Jim Palmer. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Those are great things in anybody's business. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. As always, I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business fast. I'm really excited about this week's show. My special guest is serial entrepreneur and and speaker, and he's a coach. He's got all kinds of businesses going. His name is Erlen Backey. Let me tell you a little bit about Erlen. After three years of traveling the world, living the four-hour work week, Erlen decided to write the number one international best-selling book, Never Work Again, and come back from retirement to show fellow entrepreneurs how they can live the freedom lifestyle and actually make it happen in their business and life. Also, Erlen owns three companies, has over 20 employees that, and he's, um, that have been built to work without him, which is a cool thing. What's important to know is that Erlen walks the walk and most of the time travels the world, crossing things off his bucket list, speaking, doing business, doing other ben- business ventures, and, and quite simply sometimes probably doing nothing. Erlen has been outsourcing to the Philippines and running automated businesses since he was in his mid-20s. For many of those years, he's been also helping entrepreneurs start their own freedom businesses as the CEO of Mr. Outsource, most recently, Erlen has put his knowledge on the page with his books, You Will Never Work Again in Outsourcing Mastery. Erlen, thank you for taking time from uh, your, your bucket list and doing nothing to come on Stick Like Glue Radio. How you doing? <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm doing really good. You know, uh, so everybody, I think probably most entrepreneurs on the planet read Tim Ferriss' book, The 4-Hour Work Week, and I guess you figured the only way to top that would be to never work again, right? No Absolutely. such thing as a 2-Hour Work Week. That was the idea. You know, you've got to have something better to offer, right? So <laughs> I thought that's yeah, it's pretty so, Erland, um, you and I have uh, actually never met, and, and um, we haven't spoken before, so I'm curious. Tell me, first of all, you know, I, I uh, did my research, and you look very young to have such an uh, impressive track record. So tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. How did you get started as a business owner? Well, uh, I think, first of all, uh, entrepreneurship starts if you have this inner desire to, uh, to just build something. 
um, I've also, this is going to probably sound a little bit elitist. Uh, I don't mean it that way. Um, but I've always felt a little bit different that, you know, uh, things could be done different or better or, you know, why don't we build it like this? And uh, that kind of energy and spirit has always been in me um, throughout my life. Uh, however, I didn't really grow up in a entrepreneurial family because, you know, some of my friends um, that are much more successful than I am, uh, they were mentored by their parents from a very, very young age uh, in, in business, understanding how society actually works, and also understanding that, you know, school is actually programming you to become a employee uh, to trade your time for money. So uh, my entrepreneurial career actually started when I, when I was working in what I thought was my dream job in London, England, uh, and uh, my boss came over to me and he said, uh, you know, let's go to the pub. And I looked up at him and I thought it was quite strange because he never really asked me to go to the pub. Uh, so I thought I'd, I was either getting, uh, you know, promoted or fired, and I hadn't worked there long enough to really get, get promoted. So uh, he basically, uh, you know, sat us down with a with a pint in each hand and and told me, you know, this isn't working out. Uh, you're either an egghead or an entrepreneur. Uh, luckily, I found a way uh, to become a egghead entrepreneur, uh, i.e., having companies and also uh, writing books and newsletters and and uh, things like that. Uh, so how did my entrepreneurial career start? Well, I think intuitively I was always an entrepreneur. Uh, but when I got fired and I really had to think about what I really wanted to do in life, um, I, I, I was 26 at the time. So I, uh, that's when I really started as an entrepreneur. So what was the first company that you started after, um, after that pub incident? <laughs> what, was the, what, what, what company did you build first? So uh, I was actually not sure what I wanted to do or, or uh, you know, I didn't even know there were courses in terms of learning how to start a business. I mean, um, I'm not sure whether now there is a lot of entrepreneurial courses, but in, in 2007, um, I'd never heard of like start your own business course. or I just didn't live in that world and it wasn't what I was focusing on, right? Um, so my first business actually partnered up with a, a fellow student uh, he had started a 360 photography company, and uh, it was very unique. He'd seen the Matrix, and he wanted to rebuild that kind of scenario to uh, basically copy people into the inter into the internet uh, by taking 24 photos of them uh, at once, and then getting like this 360 representation of a product or a person. Um, and uh, over that year, we grew that business uh, to have clients like Panasonic and Jimmy Choo, Anya, Anja, Anya Hinmarsh, basically like big fashion brands in the UK. And we went from two employees working out of, uh, but actually we worked in this industrial estate and we had to actually build our own office uh, inside another room. Uh, but uh, yeah, so very, very sort of, um, uh, what do you say, uh, basic basic start but we grew that company up to about 12 employees in one year uh, and then I um, I left that company and I started a similar one in Norway very cool so when did Mr. Outsource come into play I mean is that kind of was that um, the next in your line or was that something after you really discovered the whole outsourcing piece so uh, we, we, you know I was photographing I was doing everything myself right because I had been trained in school that you know sit down shut up and you have to do the work a smart entrepreneur would say, okay, there's this value that we want to create. Who can do that? Uh, and uh, I was just basically doing everything myself. So the, um, 
I was I got this big contract and the the sun was coming up. I had my trusted mouse in one hand and the Red Bull in the other, and I was editing all these images. Right, so I'd been editing images for 36 hours straight, and uh, I, I developed some you know what you call RSI, repetitive strain injury, in both both hands, and I couldn't afford to hire people in Norway. So I asked myself, you know, this is actually something I could send over the internet to somebody else, and they could edit the images and send them back to me. So uh, two-thirds of photography is actually editing. So if you send that away to cheap labor, then your profit and time uh, increases, right? So uh, I just chose the Philippines as a, as a place to start outsourcing. Uh, and I started with, uh, I put an ad out in, in one of the online papers there. I had 30 applicants. Um, I sent all those 30 people a test. Uh, so it's basically using video screen capture software. This is, uh, this is in early 2008. Uh, so, so, you know, we didn't have ScreenFlow and all these campaign, all these uh, software that come later. Um, so I was using some really basic software that kind of worked. And I sent them a test. And only five people actually managed to, uh, to complete the test. So I hired those five people for, for a month. And uh, the best person is, is actually my business partner in one of my companies right now. Oh, that's cool. Did you, I mean, back in the day, um, I think like Elance and maybe a couple other sites, Guru.com, places like that, did you kind of bypass those? Did you ever um, Did you ever kind of get into those, or did you really just kind of try and go direct? How did that work? I, I went direct. Um, I actually spoke to a friend of mine that had gotten a Filipino outsourcer, and I asked him, you know, where did you put the ad? Um, how did you go through the process? So, you know, he actually got me started um, in, in terms of that, so he transferred some of that that knowledge to me, and I just applied the same uh, same strategy. Um, I didn't really think about freelancer or old desk or anything like that. I just, uh, you know, I did what worked. <laughs> so I'm, I'm sure they were very good. Too. And then did you start adding more? Once you got comfortable with the whole outsourcing process, did you start figuring out? Well, geez, if this works for me, I could be helping other entrepreneurs do that. Or how did that work? Well, basically, when I started out in business, I read a couple of books. I read um, How to Get Rich by Dennis Felix, a uh, UK millionaire. He's now dead. Uh, I also read Rich Dad, Poor Dad, um, and a couple of other business books that were all about, you know, become a millionaire as quickly as possible and, you know, do whatever you have to do to make that happen. So basically, you know, work seven days a week, uh, 16 hours, eat ramen noodles, and drink Red Bull. Um, which is kind of like cool. So I actually thought that was really, really cool when I started out uh, because I was an entrepreneur and I was going to do whatever it took to make it happen. Um, the thing is, uh, without a life, sort of, without a form of um, work-life balance, uh, so in life we basically need different things. Like career is one thing that we need to be happy, but we also need a social life and we need a love life and we need, you know, spirituality and we need physical exercise. Um, so, you know, I wasn't taking care of all my pillars. I was only focusing on career. So I actually worked myself into the ground, um, and I had uh, a quite a big panic attack on the underground in London uh, in around 2010. And, uh, you know, that's, that's when I actually took some time off, and my companies worked without me. So, you know, I built this team in the Philippines, and I had other people doing things for me because I understood that building a team is probably the most important thing an entrepreneur does. 
And it's actually what separates, you know, A-list companies from B-list companies are the people actually working in the business. You know, Steve Jobs only hired A players because A players hang out with A players and you get A type of work. You get really great work out of them. Um, so, yeah, I had this panic attack and my, my companies worked without me and I was like, oh, so uh, this works. Um, and if, I, if it wasn't for my team in the Philippines running things, while I was taking some time off just to heal, um, you know, I wouldn't have a, have those companies today. So that worked, and I asked myself, okay, so this is a problem for me. So again, I'm always looking for if I have a problem in my business, then it's likely that other people have the same problem. And if I solve that problem, I can actually add that value to other people and profit from it. So my first problem was the whole thing with the image editing, which I thought, oh, this is a problem for me. So I started outsourcing it, and I started selling that to other photographers, right? So that's how that business got going. Um, and the same with Mr. Outsource. It's like, okay, how do, you, how do you get great people? How do you attract great talent uh, on the other side of the world, which is, you know, one-twentieth of the price of hiring somebody in the West with much less of the complications? Uh, you know, if you hire somebody in Norway right now, it's pretty much impossible to fire them, right? It's very difficult to fire them. And there's lots and lots of rules that they can exploit, so, uh, you know, in, in countries like the, um, like the UK and Norway, um, the law favors the employees. Um, and I'm not saying that, you know, you should be exploiting people in, in the Philippines if you choose to outsource there. But uh, I think the regulation that uh, a lot of the Western European countries have in place makes it incredibly difficult for uh, business owners to employ people at a fair rate. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I said, okay, this works. I need to help other entrepreneurs because if I had this panic attack, then there's probably a lot of other stressed out entrepreneurs there. And, uh, yeah, we need, we need a team. We need help. And how can we afford that at Western prices? So, hence, Mr. Outsource was launched in uh, 2012, I believe. You know, a lot of entrepreneurs know the the benefit of outsourcing and delegating and, and working with virtual assistants to, in some degrees, you know, different countries have different laws and rules, but getting around the whole employee-employer relationship when it, when it's an outsourced kind of 1099 contractor. So how do you go about finding those people? Um, and, you know, that's what a lot of people I, – I have a team of about 11 um, VAs right now, and so that's one of the questions I get all the time, uh, Erlen, is how do you find – um, how do you find the people? So, is, how did how did you go about assembling what what you call your dream team? Okay, I think well, my dream team was something that was developed over many many years. Uh, so basically, when I start a working relationship with somebody, I'm always looking to work with them long term. So I'm not sort of um, I don't hire somebody and then just try to find somebody else next time. You know, I, I always try to hire people that I see. Oh, do I like this person? Do I trust this person? Can I work with this person for many, many years to come? And then if it's a yes, then I, I stick to them. So the, my dream team was actually built over many, many years um, where I have, you know, personally mentored them, uh, you know, weekly on how to become better at what they do. Uh, so when I give feedback to them, I, just, I don't say, move that font there. I say why I want that font moved. So it's really important when you work with, uh, when you have staff, that you actually continually educate them. Um, it's important because then they don't have to ask next time. Because if you just say, do that, then they don't understand why. So the why is really important. But if you explain why you're doing it, 
they're now educated about it. So when somebody else asks them the next time, they can actually tell you, uh, tell them why we do things the way we do things. Um, so th another thing that's really important when you have staff is that they also want to grow as people. They want more responsibility. They want more challenges. And uh, I hope you have that kind of staff. And if you don't have people that want to grow as your staff, then uh, you might be in trouble. Um, but, yeah, helping other people grow to their potential is really, really important. And that's how you also create uh, loyalty and they stick with you. Um, so we actually have a unique process in MrOutsource.com because um, I, looked at, I looked at all these other outsourcing companies um, and, you know, you have the version where you just, like, go on a website and then you hire somebody, but then you have to do the whole vetting process yourself. Um, and then you have the sort of managed staff facilities uh, where, you know, you, have, you pay a much higher rate and then you get access to a team, but they're not really your team. They're the other company's team. Um, so what we've created is a, it's a hybrid method. Um, so we actually do a lot of personal development courses in the Philippines. So... Every single week, we are doing courses that people can pay for so they can learn how to be a VA, how to speak to Westerners, what entrepreneurs think and, uh, think and want, uh, et cetera, et cetera. We do graphic design courses, writing courses. Yeah, you get the idea, right? So our customers have a need. We educate people on how to get better at those needs. So that's actually a way for us to uh, get to know them as well as people. And... Um, Every one of those events, we offer them a VIP VA training, which is actually a 10-day training uh, where we work with them for 10 days, uh, improving their skill set and checking that they are of high quality. And then we connect them with entrepreneurs, right? And the way it works is that you pay us a, a finder's fee. So we will look at your business, whether it's the UK or wherever it is, US, uh, and we will analyze what you need. And then we will connect you with the right person based on your needs. And then that person will actually have gone through a training process. Uh, another thing is that we only hire in the Davao City Mindanao area, which because that is where our physical office is. And um, that's, that's important because when you're hiring somebody to work for you on the other side of the world, uh, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs have trust issues like, oh, is this person going to abuse my accounting system? Is this person going to run away? Will they steal my money? Um, so we actually have a personal relationship with that person. We get their photo ID. We know where they live. We know their phone number, uh, which increases the, uh, the level of trust that uh, clients can have with us. Um, they, this last element, which is also unique, is that we actually have a co-working space in the Philippines, and we encourage all clients to pay for their VA to work in our co-working space. Why? Well, the thing is, if they work from home, they don't have any other resources around them. Plus, they might get distracted by family members and have bad internet connection. We have really good internet connection. We have printing facilities. Plus, they're working in an office space with 50 other people. So if they need to find help or they have a question about some kind of software issue that their client needs solved, they can actually you know, go to the community and ask, like, I need help with this thing. Can you help me out? And that's the kind of relationship that we have in the co-working space, that everybody's kind of helping each other. Um, so that's how we create better VAs for the people that we uh, we help out. Very cool. Yeah, you know, um, use the term uh, dream and lifestyle, dream team, stuff like that. How do you define a uh, freedom lifestyle? Well, 
the book network again uh you know half of that book is really about understanding what freedom really is um you know a lot of people think that freedom is you know just lying on a beach not doing anything uh you know the sort of lifestyle things but i can tell you that that gets incredibly boring incredibly fast um so freedom is actually I've divided it up in five different layers uh, and kind of looks a bit like an iceberg. So if you imagine an iceberg, um, above the water you have, you know, political freedom, you know, the ability to say whatever you want without getting prosecuted. And there's lots and lots of countries in the world where you can't say whatever you want without getting prosecuted. So that's one level of freedom. And then you have social freedom. So, you know, if you want to wear some kind of funky hat and just walk around with that or, you know, whatever... Uh, you know, so you you don't really care what other people think. You just wear and are the person that you really want to be. You know, the freedom to be yourself. That's the, that's the second level. And then the third one is financial freedom. So basically, I thought for very very like most of my life, I thought financial freedom would solve all my problems. And uh, you know, going back to that panic attack on the tube. So when you have a panic attack, it basically feels like you're going to die, right? So you're facing death. And the thing, the great thing with thinking about death is that it actually brings clarity. You, know, you start asking yourself, like, is this really important? It puts your life in perspective. So um, financial freedom is important to a lot of people. But if you interview and then you listen to a lot of multimillionaires, which I have done, they say, you know, my things, they own me and such. So financial freedom isn't necessarily freedom. So if we just dip below the water here now, uh, which I mean is the most important part of freedom. It's actually freedom of mind, freedom to know that you know some of your some of your programming comes from your parents, some comes from media, some comes from your friends, school system, uh, etc. So, like, what is it that you really, really want? Is it something that you think you want, or is it something genuinely that comes from within you? So that's like the fourth level. The fifth level is something that I'm still sort of. Um, figuring out and uh, also uh, handling, <laughs> trying to handle it, uh, is, is the sort of level of oneness in, in humanity that, you know, uh, feelings that I have is are feelings that other people have. You know, if I hurt this fly, it has an effect on the rest of the world. That kind of, that kind of mentality, uh, which is also called the Tao or the Tao. Um, so for me, freedom is different levels. And when we talk about lifestyle business, so today I had a meeting on Skype at 8 o'clock um, with Mr. Outsource, and we just, you know, figured out everything to do the rest of the week. And then I actually uh, I did some studying. I read a book for a while. Then I went I had a, had a good lunch with a friend, and then uh, after that I was doing some emails. So for me, like a lifestyle business, and of course I could do that from anywhere in the world, right? So if I wanted to go to the U.S. or Australia, it doesn't matter. I have an internet connection. I got my laptop. Everything's good. Um, so for me, a lifestyle business is being able to have a business, run a business, feel passionate about it, and be what I'm meant to be doing, as well as having the time to socialize, take care of myself, get enough sleep, etc. So it's not about the number for me. It's not about like, oh, am I turning over $50 billion? For me, it's like, do I have these elements in my life that actually matter? And that's what I call the freedom business. That's awesome. This, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, this went by really quickly. Earl, and I'm sure people want to know a lot more. I know you've got a bunch of websites. What's a, what's a good starting point where people can learn more about you and, and get some tips on how to uh, do, do some good outsourcing so they too can uh, feel liberated? 
So uh, the absolute best place to go is MrOutsource.com. Uh, if you sign up there, you actually get a 30-minute business consulting uh, with one of my staff. Uh, they will find out what parts of your business you should be outsourcing. And they'll, you know, you might not need to be outsourcing. So then they'll tell you, oh, I don't think you're ready for outsourcing yet. So we do an audit of your business, and then if we can help you, we'll tell you, you know, we can help you with this part. How does that sound? That sounds awesome. Okay, so that's MrOutsource.com. Erlen, thank you so much for being my guest today. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with serial entrepreneur Erlen Backey. Stick Like Glue is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. I'm committed, as always, to helping you build a more profitable business faster. Watch for another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio next week. And until then, keep taking action, keep moving forward, and don't ever, ever, ever give up. Hey, now go out there and do something nice for somebody today. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Stick Like Glue Radio features Jim Palmer's unique brand of smart marketing and business building advice for action-oriented entrepreneurs. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.getjimpalmer.com. To learn more about Jim's Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program, visit www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. If you know other entrepreneurs looking for the fastest way to hire profits in their business, please tell them about the Stick Like Glue radio podcast. Now, go and implement what you've learned and boost your profits. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue radio.